With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104. Now the horn. Midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when Patrick plays jams from a certain soundtrack that inspired him. And based on these selections that are played, Harge now is supposed to gather clues and him said, lead us to the featured film of midweek movie music. And Harge got it. And then we discussed it. And now we even, it's confirmed, boomerang. It's a jam. Is that it? It is, it is boomerang. Yes. Yeah. Good job. Good you job, guys, Arch. You guys got to keep your black job, card. Arch. Yeah. Well like, Chad, you can't Bob, be messing with us now, uh, man. Well, and I ain't going to lie. The soundtrack, I own the soundtrack. No, and this is why about it. That's so, why he kept saying, we seen the I movie. Know, yeah, I, I, I own it for a long time. Like, is it in, in that road on the soundtrack? It is. There's yes. a lot of good But no, the whole thing is we had talked about this. Multiple times throughout midweek movie music was bringing up Boomerang soundtrack. Yes, and I never played it. Yeah, and so I was like, "Well, we got one left. I'll throw this on." And it's kind of a softball because I know they've mentioned it so many times. Well, and that's why Hard thought we had already had it. Hard yeah. kept saying, "Like yeah. we did it already." And I was like, "No, we didn't do it. Nope. We've talked about it, a we ton, yeah. but we never did it." That's why yeah. Hard was confused about what he so he might, Hard might have got a little bit earlier, but yeah. I think he was thinking we did Boomerang. Yeah. Boomerang is a great soundtrack. Actually, one of the few soundtracks I do own, uh, and it is fitting. End of the road is on it, and. <laughs> <laughs> we have reached the end of the road. Ding, so there you ding. Go. Great yep. stuff. I love it. Great stuff. And by the way, I'm not going to lie. Boomerang might be the most underrated rom-com in history. It's, it's up there. It's a very underrated rom-com. Very underrated. Like, nobody brings it up when they talk about it. It is easily Eddie Murphy's best rom-com, in my right. opinion. Like it's, it's his, it was his only, honestly, might be his only rom-com. Yeah. He doesn't do a lot of rom-coms. Now you think about it. Like Eddie, might no, be, Eddie. Well, this, I this, mean, this, Nutty this, Professor. He did that. I don't, I don't know if it's considered a rom com as much as a comedy. I guess you could throw it in there. It's more of a comedy, a straight up comedy than a rom com. But he could, you could throw it in that category. Vampire in Brooklyn. Me. Oh God. Yeah. That's like sci fi. What's me. the What's the What's the one? Daddy Daycare. Yeah, like those. Those are like just like pure comedies more so than rom coms. Yeah, the rom com because this movie poster, it's him and two women. Yes, it's, which yeah. means it's like all right. There's not a the secondary yes. male yeah. lead. Yeah. It's all female driven. Yes, Robin and him. Robin Givens in our prime. Yeah. Holly Berry in and her prime. prime. This was his. I want to say Holly Berry. Holly Berry was at spring training with me. Woof. Yeah, Holly. Yeah. Well, she's still. Impressive. That's very. She's aged. He says with me, uh, like she yeah. came. She came just spring yeah. training. Is hard. Is this where hard is at? Yeah. yeah. No. I, I was actually sitting with. in the bleachers. Yeah. <laughs> admiring. So you because I wasn't in. I wasn't in big league camp game that day. I was there watching the Braves, so, and I knew she was going to be so there. So you and how many other people was she there for? There was probably about seven thousand. <laughs> <laughs> just to be clear, <laughs> just just so we know, Holly Berry was there at spring training with me. Yeah. That was the hey, David Justice yeah, years. Hey man, oh yes, that's right. Uh, yeah, no, uh, that's the crazy thing about it. I, I, that that movie, like I said, it might have been Eddie Murphy's only swing at a rom com, and honestly, I think he hit a home run on his only time attempting a rom com. Yeah. Norbit's not a rom com. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> What's her name? Rose. What was her name? I'm just saying that Ugh. is a that's a love story. 
Rom-com. It's terrible. Wait, comedy. <gasps> it's terrible. No, I'm okay. well, if that if it, I haven't. I'm watched. just saying if that's a, if he is a swinging hit. I, he is, that is. I ain't gonna. I didn't watch. I watched Norbert. I think once and maybe didn't watch the whole thing. So I, I'm not even really. Sure. Is this an alien one where he's like a weird? No, 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 no. That's no. with the, the big girl. Is this the, the that's he's a Krisha or Nor- whatever her name was? Norbert is the one. Where he's like a geek and a nerd. Yes. Yeah. Where yes. he wears the glasses. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. He made some really what's, bad movies. What's the man. one with Steve Martin? Where they just they he was supposed oh, to be an actor Latifah, and they just and right? they just kept no they just kept running and making scenes where they weren't even they weren't even making like real movies. It was like a uh, gosh, gosh what was, was he it a called? hustler on that one? No, he they picked him because of that. Dang it, let me see. I'll oh, find oh, it. Finger. Oh, yes, oh. yes, yes. Oh, that's terrible. That too. was Bowfinger. Oh, that's Finger. so that's bad. It. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> so bad. Um, yeah, somebody said Coming to America. I think Coming to America is more of a straight comedy than rom comish, but you could obviously you can throw it in a, you can throw it in rom com if you want to. I I think Boom Boomerang was like straight rom com for him. Like that was the intention of it. I think um, Coming to America is like one of my all time favorite comedies. It might be my all time favorite comedy. Well, because so, he plays so many different characters and he brings out so many yeah, different things. He got said, his I, own money. Yeah, that's, it. that's why I said <laughs> it falls under more comedy to me than rom com because yeah. it's like all exactly right. He goes in all the different characters. Yeah. You really do get the full complement of his comedic skill set. He's just playing the playboy guy in Boomerang. He's, you know, he's a womanizer, philandering, and then ultimately the plot is that that's turned upside down on him. So, like, kind of straight yeah. up rom-com. Well, other, yeah. other movies kind of fall into that category unintentionally. Yes. Yeah. By accident. That was not, that's what I say, Boomerang, great movie. Love it. That's actually one of, one of a few movies, that's one of the movies that makes my list of movies I would Watch with women I was dating back in the day. Right. Like they hadn't seen it. Like, oh, you ain't seen that? Oh, that, oh much more ring real quick. Because it's a nice little rom com to put them in the mood. Dad, like Love Jones. We should did Love Jones for midweek movie music. That was a good soundtrack too. Yep, that was. Long, Love Jones is well, pretty damn good. Well, just uh, we can <laughs> we'll text each other doing that. <laughs> we'll text each other next Wednesday. And be like, hey man, that Love Jones soundtrack is nice. Yeah, how about Patrick, that? Patrick Pedro? just send us music each each segment. <laughs> looking at the time, just so talking you, about hey man, it's three thirty. YouTube clips, YouTube clips. Boom, there you go. New songs. Just on drive the by your house with a with a stereo blaring. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick actually lives close enough to me where he can, can do, do this. Uh, y'all Facetime me. Y'all make sure y'all Facetime. <laughs> time alright on that one. Yeah. Oh man, oh that's good stuff. Okay. Uh, 512-337-3776. That's number to the Specs Text on Harsh. What you got coming up for the people on Harsh Back Life? We talked about it yesterday. We had a lot of people asking about Dylan Campbell. He finally signed his contract. Dylan is already on the baseball field. He's already working. So we're going to have his father, Donovan Campbell, come on with us, talk about the experience. His father, too, was drafted by the Atlanta Braves when he was coming out of Texas Southern. Oh, I didn't so know that. So he's, he, he's, he knows baseball Ooh. very, very well. Okay. And so we're going to get a chance to chop it up with him and let him tell his story about the University of Texas, the conversation he had with Dylan when he was batting 169 <laughs> and trying to figure out what was happening with baseball. So it's going to be a good conversation. Donovan, oh, yeah. Donovan's one of the real good brothers that was out there um, teaching his kid baseball. Uh, yeah, and excited for that family too, yep. embarking on their next journey no doubt. Uh, in the majors. So I will, I'm excited about that conversation. I'll be Harsh Knock Life coming up next. You had a really impressive string of guests in Harsh Knock Life the last few weeks, so I'd encourage everybody who missed any of those to go to the podcast page, go to hornfm.com. You can catch up with all those uh, those old uh, Harsh Knock Life's episodes no doubt. Uh, up at the podcast page at hornfm.com. Alright, let's talk Texas football, gentlemen. We know the expectations are 
sky high. Texas picked to win the Big 12 by the media poll for the first time since 2009. Been a really long time since they did that. And, of course, Texas getting a lot of love nationally um, this year, predicting that Texas will and should win the Big 12. Well, Greg McElroy, who is actually a fan of Sark, but the former Alabama quarterback, um, he actually had Sark on his show, I believe, multiple times, actually. He, has, he does an always yep, college yep. football podcast, and he's a big fan of, of Steve Sarkeesian. Um, he made a grand prognostication uh, about Texas and what he believes Texas is capable of in 2023. Here's Greg McElroy. The Texas Longhorns, they come in at nine and a half. I'm taking the over, nine and a half. Let's think about where they were last year, how close they were in so many games. Lost five games last year all by one score. Rice, I think that's a win. They go on the road to Alabama. I think Bama gets this one. Wyoming at home, they get that one. At Baylor, I think that's one they can get. Kansas at home, I think they get them. They got them last year. Oklahoma, game will be a lot closer than it was last year, but I still like where Texas's roster is at this point relative to the Sooners at Houston, they get that win. BYU at home, I think they get that win. Kansas State at home, they took care of Kansas State last year. I think they'll do so again. At TCU, I'm expecting a slight regression from TCU. Iowa State, I think they get that one, and they get Texas Tech at home. Revenge is a dish best served cold. I think Texas has had that one circle because they let one off the hook last year with the Bijan Robinson fumble late in the year. I really think this team is a 10-win football team. That's the floor. All right, there you go. Uh, he's got. T- he's taking the over. I think we all took the over. But I like to we play. Did. I like to play the national analysts out there just to show that we're not totally in the burn orange bubble uh, when it comes to Texas. He's got him at eleven wins. I just want to get. I think double digit wins is the real. That's realist. all I'm looking for. Get to double digits. <laughs> all right, and like yep. I said, some people say, "Hey, man, that's got to be in the regular season." Well, as long as he double digit win. Uh, like situation for Texas, however it, it you know, materializes, it leads to them in a Big 12 title. And I always said, I don't even need them to win the Big 12 title. I need you to be playing for it. Playing for a championship. It'd be nice if you can win it, but playing for a championship, double-digit wins to me, that's realistic for Texas, considering the trajectory that they're on right now. Right. And I think everybody's in that category. Everybody loved, I love the opportunity this season presents for Steve Sarkeesian. Because that basically this season will leave no doubt for the Sark believers on the, and the Sark haters. And you're either a Sark believer or a Sark hater. You're not in you're not in between. You're not on the fence. Right. Either you're a Sark believer who believes it's a matter of time before Steve Sarkeesian reaches a mountaintop and proves to the world that he is a great coach. And it's only inevitable that he's going to be a championship coach. Um, or you're on the camp of man, he is what he is. Yep. He's a coach that doesn't win double-digit games. He can only take you so far. He's not a championship coach. He doesn't make the championship adjustments in the game. And the fact that y'all thought that he was going to be a championship coach, honestly, that's a, a yo problem. That's you problem. Yep. Because uh, the fact of the matter is the history would suggest that he has never been that coach. Right, and that's what the numbers tell you. That's, that's what the numbers, what, that's, the numbers are telling you that. We talk about the analytics all the time. The analytics say, hey, man. You ain't winning those games, so we can't put you in that category. We can put you in a coordinator, as they always talk about. You can call up some players. You can scheme it up, but you're not winning all those games. But I'm in the group that is saying he's about to jump over that wall. He is at that point. He's got the team. I love the confidence in which everybody is talking at this point. Even Coach Sark is being able to feel confident 
every time when he walks up to that podium. I'm not saying he wasn't confident before, but he wasn't as confident. He wasn't sure of the team that he had yet because he hadn't been around them. He hadn't had time to develop them. He hadn't had a time to walk down the hall, get into their minds, and find out who they are as individuals. It's been a process. He's got a chance to go out there and get the guys that he's been looking for. He's got the athletes that he's looking for. You can't tell me that that room doesn't excite you at the wide receiver position. That thing got me juiced up. I love the quarterback room. We got to go out there and play. We all understand that. But on paper – it gets you kind of geeked up to see exactly what's going to happen, the possibility of it. Yeah. I'm all in on it. I'm on that other side of the fence. I believe this is the time where Sark starts to ascend into that that level of being that coach that everybody's talking about, not on the negative side, on the positive side. And we've talked about his recruiting. That had never been the problem. Mm-mm. He's been able to bring the the, the, the yeah. goods to the, to the 40 mm-hmm. acres. Now let's see if the – the cake is baked, or is it mush? <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah, no. For Sark, I, I think for him this year, at least for Texas, uh, the big issue will be the second half and the fourth quarters of games. I pointed out this stat earlier uh, this this uh, this month, but Texas outscored their opponents by 179 points in the first three quarters of the games. But if you look at fourth quarter and overtime, Texas actually was outscored by 12 points in the fourth quarter and overtime. That's what we need to see from yep. Sark. And you see them winning fourth quarters, championship adjustments um, and counters by Sark uh, trying to win the chess match within the game by outwitting the opposing coach. That's what they're going to have to see from Sark. He, Texas failed to outscore their opponents in the fourth quarter in eight of the 13 games, I believe. Right. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? And they lost five games. And they or uh, lost five games and they failed to outscore uh, – they failed to outscore their opponents, or they didn't outscore them. Sometimes it was just tied, 0-0, whatever. But they failed to outscore them um, in four of those five losses in the fourth yeah. quarter. And that's going to be the biggest part. That's what we've talked about numerous times. We've talked about it from day one. How are you going to finish games? We've seen you start great. Where is the end product? Can you get your guys in position to make sure that they are closing the gap in the fourth quarter? That's the amazing part, and that's where the finish line is. Sometimes I'm much rather them to start slow, stay in the mix, and then finish strong at the end of the race. That's what I want to see. I want to see them be able to close out those fourth quarter games. You've had the opportunity. You put your. He said it. You brought it up too, but they said it. Five games, you lost by one possession. That's that's huge. That's the mm-hmm. difference in you playing in the playoffs and not. I mean, that's the that's your opportunity of playing for the Big Twelve or not. This is the time for you to show that. And I again, I'm on the side of let's go, Sark. You got it, man. Two and five in one score games last season. That's also got to improve. Uh, losses to Bama Tech, Oklahoma State, close by a combined twelve points. Mm-hmm. So that's good. You're close, uh, but two and five in one score games. You need to flip that. You should be five and two. In yep. one-score games, and you also go look at it, Texas, in the fourth quarter. They just start either winning those fourth quarters uh, or finding a way to not get outscored in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Like they, got, they got outscored in the fourth quarter against Oklahoma State. Uh, hell, against Tech, they were outscored in the fourth quarter. Against Bama, they were outscored in the fourth quarter. And against TCU, yep. it, was, it was a push. They, you know, zero. Uh, so it, I, I think for Texas, that's where they got to get to. Yeah. Mm. Got to do it quick. 
They got to get there. Yeah. They got to get there quick. And you're going to have that opportunity. And that's why I believe that everyone on the Specs text line, they're looking at it and saying, I will not drink the Kool Aid. I will not drink the Kool Aid. And then there's some like, activated. The Kool Aid is activated. (laughs) I'm putting all the sugar in there. You want to be on that side of success. And I believe that this year, and I know that the players, that's the other part of it. Sometimes when we look at each other in the locker room, we obviously know. Man, we got to change something mm-hmm. if you're really about that life. If you are. What do you always sure. say? There are some that want to play at Texas and some that want to play for Texas. So those guys that want to play for Texas are the ones that are staying a little bit longer. They're watching a little bit more, friend. They're bringing those other guys in there, like a Jordan Whittington talking about, man, I'm, I'm here because I want to win. I've, all I've done in my life is won. The same thing with Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers changing his 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 ways of going about things, changed his body, changed his habit. We still got to see him go on the field and make sure that footwork is cleaned up. But mm-hmm. now is the time that we – if you're going to drink the Kool-Aid, this is the time to do it. Because after mm-hmm. a while, you're going to be like, man, why am I drinking that stuff? It's, remember, it's sour. Remember, you don't know if it's Kool-Aid or Flavor Aid until, until that, product's done. that first loss. Yeah. And then you yeah. go – and then you can start – Looking at it, and Texas didn't know it was Flavor A last year until you lost to Tech, and you figured out, oh, damn, this actually is not the Kool-Aid. No. Okay. So you won't know. Right now, everybody's happy drinking the Kool-Aid and good because you think it's Kool-Aid, but turns out it might start tasting kind of funny. Got that flavor. Midway through the season, you realize, mm. oh, this ain't Kool-Aid at all. It's Flavor <laughs> 8. We drank the wrong stuff. The last time Texas fans drank the Kool-Aid, it actually was the Kool-Aid, was probably 2009. Mm. Because remember, 2018, early on, Y'all stopped drinking the Kool-Aid. It was Flavor-Aid, remember? Yep, yep, They yep. lose early on in the season in 2018 and remember. struggle early on, and then as a team they find their way. So a lot of Longhorn fans were skeptical, had a lot of cautious optimism mm-hmm. at that time. So you weren't drinking, jugging the Kool-Aid back then. You weren't chugging the Kool-Aid. I was not. 2009, you were picked to win the Big 12 in 2009 by the media. You had one of the best teams in the country coming back. Everybody was chugging that Kool-Aid, and mm-hmm. turned out it was Kool-Aid. It wasn't Flavor-Aid. Was not. There's been a lot of flavor aids sipping and drinking <laughs> around here for the last twelve years or so, and yeah, that's why it's a problem. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the problem. why it's a problem. Yeah. Um, okay, you brought this to my attention, Harge, and we'll get into it and dive deeper, uh, obviously, as more uh, details come out about this. But Pete Thamel, he is reporting. Uh, he has sources telling him that Colorado is in discussions about a move to the Big Twelve, and the school has just completed a board meeting and scheduled another meeting for tomorrow to discuss the move. The Big 12 is also holding a president's meeting tonight where there is expected to be an expansion update. Yeah, I mean, that's not surprising at all. Yeah, we had we had talked about this for a while, thinking about the teams that would possibly come into the Big 12. We talked about um, what's the your mark, talking to all these other people, not really making any announcements, and then you look at – what hasn't been done in uh, the Pac-12. They just had Pac-12 media days, and they didn't even talk about their media rights during that time because he didn't have an answer. He didn't have a good update. And and you're not even addressing it to the people. So the people are looking at you side-eyes, and and that's the reason why your your pride and joy of Deion Sanders in Colorado, and I'm not saying that they're going to win the whole thing. I'm talking about just the fact that they're going to put a lot of people on TV. Yes, The TV wants them on because like anything else in this world, everybody wants to see somebody fail. (laughs) It's just national TV. They were like, yep, 
oh, we're going to build them up, but we're going to try to tear them down. That's true. So let's make sure we get them on TV as much as we can because somebody is going to view it for one reason or another. And the fact that they are now about to lose that, you're just about to lose USC and UCLA. What more do you have? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I Oregon's your squad now, right? Washington, Washington, Washington and Oregon are yeah. kind of their crown jewels right yeah. now. Stand, I don't know what Stanford because Stanford, Stanford don't know what they're doing either. Huh? Yeah, you're right. Basketball, good point. Arizona's in basketball, but yeah. they're another one of those teams that we're probably going to see a conversation oh, come yeah. up here soon. Oh, I agree about them leaving and possibly hey, going to the, you the remember, Big Twelve. It wasn't Pac-12 media days; it was Pac-12 media day. day. <laughs> yeah, my bad. I misspoke. <laughs> I misspoke. Afford to rent the room for two yeah. days. I mean, yeah. Like I just, if you don't want to seem like the smaller brand, don't let yourself be the smaller brand. Ding ding. You created and I get, that I get smaller brand. I get it silly brand. and stupid, but like you have twelve teams. And you can't fill up two days worth of stuff? Is that because you don't want anybody to look what's happening over there? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. Hey, man, go talk to him for five minutes and then we'll move on. Talk to him for five minutes and we'll move on. Like, no. Yep. Spread it out. Make yourself seem big. Yep. I'm, that, that, and I'll say, I, you got to give a lot of credit to Brett Yarmark because, guys, at one point, I don't know how long ago, hell, what were we talking about? Maybe a year ago, uh, around this time, maybe a little over a year ago. We're thinking the Pac 12 and the Big 12 are in very similar situations. Right. And various like it's, it's not even close now, right? Exactly, <laughs> not even both. Close. Both both conferences were desperate. Mm-hmm. Uh, expansion was inevitable, but also necessary for a survival. Mm-hmm. And we were pretty sure there was going to be one or the other. Like both the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve were not going to survive. Right. All right. There's just not enough broadcast money for it. Just not enough room for both of them to be considered power conferences and survive. And Brett Yormer comes in. Klyovkov actually had, you know, to me. He had a little bit of an advantage because he had been there longer. Mm-hmm. He had, you know, con- he had more ties, more connections, more allegiances. Had built up more relationships. Brett Yormark comes in <laughs> and immediately, thinking outside the box, turns the Big Twelve into what some people are now saying is a right now not only a profitable league because you got you got the broadcast, you got the broadcast, got the broadcast deal yes, done. Yes, he came in in less than a year. Yep. And got the broadcast deal done and expanded like the that. profile yeah, of the Big 12 and shifted the narrative. Yep. Changed the narrative completely. What did they say? If you don't like what people are saying, change the conversation. He changed the conversation about the Big 12. Big Almost within like six months. Nobody's yep. even talking about the Big 12 being in danger anymore. No. Right. It ain't yep. even part of the conversation. It's stable. Now it's stabilized. Yeah. And they're going to try to bring in Connecticut for the other side of yeah, it. Yeah, for I basketball. Mean, they're making moves. They're yeah. making moves. Yeah. Man, y'all, Marquis. Yeah, I'm with you. That's that is. I am the chosen. Yeah, right. No, no, that's a great example of Brett Yarmo coming in and immediately having an impact because it was it was kind of a race between those two teams to see which one could stabilize the quickest. Big Twelve did in a year. Yeah, and if they get Colorado, to me, that's check. And then you get one more team from the Pac-12, and that's mate. Yep. That's checkmate. Yeah. It's done. And it's going to be it's going to be Arizona, I would think. Uh, I would think it would be yeah. Arizona. Now, I think they want they wanted both of the Arizonas. Well, yeah, I mean, like, might happen. They get two of those and get another another four of them. And yep. then we heard the story about San Diego State was going to go to the Pac-12, and then they're reconsidering going to the Pac-12. Like so, now even teams that they were lowering themselves to go get mm-hmm. they in their eyes it, yeah. are like, nah, we're good. <laughs> yeah, they were slumming to go get it. Like, nah, yeah. I don't want you. Know. Yeah, they're like, no, you ain't slumming to come get us. Yeah. <laughs> no, and it's, you know what? And you're right. This is all about leadership, man. And it I go back 100%. to Bob Bosley. I know we got Donovan, so I'll be quick here. Uh, we'll get into this a little bit later on in Rochman. We'll just kind of bump stuff and get into it. But Klyovkov at uh, Pac-12 Media Days, this is what he, he was <laughs> on the record for saying, guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
He's basically saying that the Pac-12, the, the, the longer that they wait for the media deal, the better the options will be. This is something he's on the record for saying. Oh, I'm not making it up. Yeah, I know. I saw it. I mean, th- this dude is – he needs to be fired. That talk about being lost. Yes, this is your Bob Bosby moment. This is that's exactly what it this is. is Bob, Bob Bosby at the second to last Big Twelve media days he attended. He said that expansion was unnecessary <laughs> and was no longer on the table. Yet behind his back, at the time, Texas and Oklahoma are plotting mm-hmm. with Greg Sankey to leave the Big Twelve and expand the SEC. And he's like, nobody's talking about expansion. No, no, you're not talking about expansion, Bosby. And this is happening with Klyovkov. Yep. He's delusional. Uh, he's a he's a hey man, uh, you know, I could pay you back the twenty today, but if you let me hold on to that twenty, I'll get you forty in two weeks. <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> and he come back in two weeks, he's like, you. I spent the twenty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and he's, he says, I think the realignment that's that's going on in college athletics will come to an end for this cycle. <laughs> uh, nope. Maybe for you. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> for you. Yeah, this is, wait, you, are you, how, hey, oh, man, how phone, out of touch are you? Yo, that's, that's, my phone ain't ringing. Yeah. My, yeah. my phone ain't ringing, so yeah. it must be done. Yep. My phone ain't ringing. It's like, you're damn right it ain't clear yeah, off. We're no, I, I don't think go. anybody's going out on dates because no one's hitting me up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there ain't no parties happening in high school yeah. for high school seniors because yep. nobody called me. <laughs> I'm the party animal. <laughs> yeah, ain't nothing going down without me at that, that party. Is, that is that's a great point. Yeah. Though. All right, uh, we'll talk more about that possible Big Twelve expansion or maybe inevitable Big Twelve expansion. And Colorado looks like they may be the team. All right, what you got coming up on Harsh Knock Life, Harsh? We got Donovan Campbell coming up to talk about his time and well, his son's time at the University of Texas. What it's like to be a parent for a kid that just got drafted and so much more because he too was a former baseball player, professional baseball player as well. Ooh, lots of hardball with hardball and somebody else who knows all about uh, the game. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful home. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks. But in front of y'all, I'm going to speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to our midweek movie theme edition of Ball Don't Lie. And our midweek movie is Boomerang. My man Patrick Davis always trying to throw us off, but Patrick, mm-hmm. me, but Rod and I got to keep our black cards. That's right, baby. So we did, we didn't want to go out like that, but Thank we you, went Arch. out strong. We made sure we had <laughs> boomerang. Uh, but it's your boy Hardball Hards. You can follow me on Twitter at Hardball Hards. You can follow my man Rob Babers at Rob Babers, and of course the man behind the glass that's in charge of all our things and has done an unbelievable job since the day we walked in this place together. Is it's Patrick Davis? We also love it when you're a part of the show. So hit us up on the spec. Text line 512-337-3776. And joining us right now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline 
is a man that I'm sure seen many of Boomerangs and been a part of Boomerang. Right now, he's a proud father. He's got a son that was just drafted in the MLB draft. He signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers. This man is a former professional baseball player. He also played with the Atlanta Braves. He is one Donovan Campbell. D.C., what's happening, my brother? Man, what's going on? How y'all doing today, man? Thank y'all for having me on the show. Uh, it's a blast. I love listening to you guys every day. I appreciate, I appreciate that. that. Thanks really, for coming on. And congratulations it. to you and the family, for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Man. <laughs> Much appreciated, brother. So, D.C., let me, let me ask you about this, yeah. because you had your own professional career. You played for the Braves organization, and then you decided, you know what, I need to go do something else. And you went to Texas Southern and got a chance to actually – see your Texas Southern team play against your son this past year here at Dishfault. But as a proud uh, parent, when you get a chance to watch your son kind of walk in your footsteps, especially at this level, how impressive is it for him to be able to do so, but most importantly, rewarding for you and your family? You know, um, I, I I think about that all the time, but I, I just kind of sit back and look at him and just his progression and how he uh, he's just a, such a uh, humble kid, man. He's just he's so laid back, and you got to get him to to do this, to do that, and get himself out there more, man. But it's just, it was just a blessing to be able to see him kind of take off with baseball. I mean, he started from I mean, the ball was in his hand at four three or four years old, you know, any kind of ball. He just wanted to have the ball and go outside and do his thing. And, you know, from that point, man, he just he just continued to uh, want just want the ball and go outside and do his thing. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's just, just to see him grow from that little kid to where he is today, you know, you just feel like, you know, as a parent, you know, job well done. And, you know, he made it to, to this point, but he still has a lot of work to do. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm from Louisiana, Abbeville, Louisiana. We give a lot of tough love. You know, it's not, it's not over yet. So you have a lot of work left to do. This is your job now. So you got to get after it. You got to get started. And you, this is a new start. You know, Texas baseball was amazing. It, it was a blessing being at that school for, for three years. He learned a lot. The coaches taught him a lot. It was a great program. And, uh, you know, it's time to just move on. And uh, he decided – um, you know, he was kind of back and forth. Should I go back to school or should I go, you know, play? And, you know, it was his decision ultimately. But just to see where he is today, man, it's just it's just been great, to be honest with you. Hey, uh, uh, Donovan, let's talk about uh, his athleticism overall because when you were talking about how he just wanted to have a ball in his hands, you hinted that it might not have just been baseball. What other sports did uh, Dylan Campbell play as a youngster growing up? Well, he was, you know, uh, football – um, we, we actually kind of followed uh, – well, he followed my path, which was football and baseball. Okay. And, um, you know, he played football uh, as a youth. And, uh, I mean, he was, I think, maybe about eight years old. And he played on this team called the – it was the Saints, which was great for me because I'm a New Orleans Saints fan. <laughs> he played nice. on this team called the Saints. And, dude, they moved him up to play with, like, 10, 10 year old and 12 year old kids because he was doing so good in football. And just kind of that just kind of progressed and progressed. And he, then he started playing basketball. And I, you know, I had to look at him and tell him, I said, dude, you, you're, 
you you five ten man. You, you, <laughs> that basketball won't work for you, brother. You need to pick something else, save your knees and your your ankles, and just stick with you know a couple of sports and focus on those sports. And uh, but you know, high school we went to straight Jesuit here in Houston, and um, I mean he was uh, all all state running back. I mean he wow. had two thousand yards one season, thirty six touchdowns. I mean Ooh. he was. You know, in 6A football, that's not a, a small feat when you're playing 6A football. No, sir. So, uh, yeah, so he decided, you know, uh, Dad, I just want to play baseball. And I said, man, that's a great decision. He'd <laughs> be on the body. Your longevity is good. You know, you get guaranteed contracts. Yes. So just go <laughs> ahead and get, you know, get stick with baseball and do what you need to do, brother. So, yeah, so that, that's how it all um, happened for him just growing up. But he was a football player, too. That's great advice, though. And, you know, it he's is. A, and by the way, yeah. he's a running back too, Donovan. So you definitely don't want to play running back these days. <laughs> no, not 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 anymore. Man, running back, man, good lord, they're not even paying these guys anymore. Saquon Barkley took the he took the wrong deal, man. He took the whole up. Now all the other guys are getting, getting oh, yeah. messed over. So, no doubt. You know. That's exactly <laughs> what we were I mean, talking you know. about. Yeah, we're talking to Donovan Campbell, Dylan Campbell's father, and I know that sounds really, really good. I know you got your other kids as well, and uh, I know that the moment happened with the draft, but talk about the process of it all. Not, not, not necessarily you know, the negotiations or anything like that, but the journey from his freshman year at the University of Texas, and it's been documented. He had a one, I think it was 189 or 169 batting average, wasn't playing every day. Talk about those hard conversations as a father, because I've been through those conversations as a father, but I want to hear your perspective for someone who's gone through these things, who's been through some hard times in the game of baseball and in life, and now he's, he, you know, the reward was just given to him two days ago. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good uh, good segue into hitting 189. Yeah, it's freshman year, as you, as you just mentioned, and, you know, I mean, he had limited at-bats, and, I mean, the team was stacked. I mean, they had the outfielders were, you know, juniors, and those guys were, were killing it. So, you know, he got in every now and again. and um, But hitting 189 as a freshman, it, you know, you, at least he had the chance to see what Texas baseball was all about, just how the program was run and, you know, just just learning the processes and how to be a Texas baseball player because it's, when you get into that program, you know, just listening to him talk about it and, um, you know, how great all of that is, it, it, you know, it, it was just a, a transformation to see him going from hitting 189 with limited at-bats, you know, then he got into his sophomore year and, you know, a couple of guys got hurt and, you know, they shoved. He was an infielder, of course, and then they moved mm-hmm. him to the outfield. But the good thing is, is that, you know, we worked on all that. And I told him, I said, dude, you're not going to be in one position. You're not going to limit yourself to one position. You have speed. You can move. So let's let's work on outfield. So go on outfield. Do, you know, different positions except pitcher and catcher. And it just all, you know, just started to transform when, that, when uh, a couple of players got hurt. You know, uh, Coach Pierce put him in the outfield, and, you know, he started playing more and playing more, and he hit, I think, 267 his sophomore year. But he had some some big hits and some and some big-time playoff games, especially at uh, East Carolina last year. And, um, you know, it was, it, it was just good to see him just moving and getting better 
in the program at Texas. And then, you know, his junior year, you know, he, he just kind of – he started every game. So it, it, it's just, it was just a matter of him getting out there, keep keeping his head up. You know, we have some tough conversations about, you know, hey, you're not playing, but that's okay. Keep your head up. Don't put your head down. Just keep moving forward. Keep working, showing them you, you want to be part of the program and you have the ability to, to to do whatever you want to do. So he kept doing that and, you know, kept working and kept working. And, and that's what it's all about. I mean, you, you can't you can't quit because you're not playing. you got to earn your spot. I tell that to everybody all the time. I don't care. He wasn't going to transfer. He wasn't leaving Texas for for anything. They took a chance on you, signed you. Let's go ahead and continue to work. You're going to get an opportunity. You just have to put in the work. And that's basically what it is, you know? Wow. Yep. I can tell you, Texas baseball fans right now, they've probably got chills right, <laughs> right, right. now listening to that because, uh, yeah, I got a little chills listening to it. And I love that you just didn't let – uh, Dylan lose confidence because I see so many young athletes, you know, they have the talent, they just lose the confidence because they go through adversity, you know, different things happen, whether it be injury, you're not playing and you just didn't allow him to lose that confidence and you know playing at the, the highest level, man, you gotta have that almost unshakable confidence in yourself when nobody else does or when things aren't going well. A- absolutely. You know, and baseball is a game of failure. You, you know, man, you could, you could be a, a you know, big a millionaire, and you hit 270, 280, <laughs> 300. You, you know, at three out of you get a hit. You know, three hits out of every ten at bat. You, you the man. I mean, you making a millions of dollars. I mean, mm-hmm. so it's a game of failure. But you just have to keep your head down, keep working, and you know, hustle. You know, I mean, I, he had some op- he had an opportunity. I guess like I think it was not last this past season, the season before. And I think Mike and I uh, talked about that before when he didn't run out of fly ball, mm-hmm. uh, infield hit, and coach sit him down, you know. But he didn't lose he didn't lose confidence. And you know, we had a, a hard discussion about, dude, if you hit the ball thirty feet foul, I want to see you sprinting down the line. I don't care where it is, go hard on every play. And you know, from that from that point, he continued to you know just grow and progress and progress and. You know, and here we are today, um, you know, just a kid just didn't even think he had a, even a chance to even, you know, get drafted. And here he is, and, you know, getting drafted in the fourth round to the Dodgers, uh, which is a, a, an amazing organization, just doing my research and, and looking into, uh, in, into all of that. So, and, you know, we were there the last couple of days, and he actually signed yesterday. And, you know, that's a great organization, great people. Uh, I'm just happy for him. He's excited. Uh, he's working now. I tried to get him to, to jump on, but he said he, he, he just texted me and said, "Dad, you know I have a I have a job now, so I, <laughs> I have to I have to work, and I don't have time to be sitting on the phone. I got to get to work." So he, he's like, "I'm a, I'm behind a couple of weeks because I mean he, he got drafted July the 10th, and here we are on the what is it 25th or 26, whatever, yeah. 26th, yeah, 26th, yeah." And you know he's behind, so he's trying to get uh, get himself caught up. I love you know? that. So 
<laughs> yeah, he's excited. Yeah, that that is awesome. That is awesome. And the best part about it is, and I know a lot of Texas baseball fans listen to the show, and they 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 love the fact. And I know that you got a bunch of fans from Occupy Left Field, Mr. Wilson, that you sit with at all the games, oh, and yeah. you 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 yeah. have immersed yourself into this program the way that a lot of people really don't understand the relationships that always happen throughout this time. You know as well as I do, you've been in the baseball game. Baseball, It's baseball family. It's baseball for life. And and the fact that your son has been blessed enough. And I did. I, I came on the airways, and I actually talked to Rod about this off air one time. I was like, I watched the conversation of him not running out the fly ball. I watched the conversation mm-hmm. in the dugout between he and Coach Pierce. And it was not a – you better run. You know better. You know, it was a, hey, man, you, you've earned this spot, but don't let it get away from you and make sure that you handle your business. And that's exactly what he did. And, and it's, it's refreshing because the stories that have continued to be spread throughout these moments will live forever. That little moment is going to stay in his life forever because he understands it. That conversation that you had with him as a father is is he'll never forget that either. So I I appreciate the fact that you are having that conversation with him, and I appreciate the fact that he has been able to take that walk now into the life of a professional athlete. But I'd be remiss if I didn't have a chance to talk to you about that 38-game hitting streak. You know as well as I do, we're all superstitious. We go through all these different things. What did Dylan do throughout that streak to make sure that he did it the same way every single day? Well, I, I you know, and that's a, a that's a, a good question, man. You know, we talk about we were talking as he was going through it, and you know, I've never really brought it up. Um, I mean, and I just sometimes I'd ask him, "Hey, man, how you, how you feeling?" You know, you you uh, you know, you had you got 12 games or whatever it was I was talking to him about. He's like, dad, I don't even think about that. I just go up and I work on my approach that I was taught at Texas and how to, you know, make good swing decisions. And I don't, I'm not swinging anything out of the zone. If I get a hit, I get a hit. If I don't, you know, I I don't, but it's all about how you uh, go about your at bat and your approach to each at bat. And he didn't. He was. He wasn't even focused on it. To be honest with you guys, man, he was just really focused on trying to help his team win, you know, and move and keep winning and winning. And I mean, they were in that what eighteen, nineteen game win streak. Yep. I mean, they were moving, and and he was, you know, in the mix with all of that and still getting hits. And you know, that that's what it's all about. It's about you know what you're learning, the team environment, and you have to keep your head in the game and and not you know, not focused on individual accomplishments. It's more about the team. And, you know, that that's just him. That's just who he is, and that's just how he approaches the game. And, you know, when he got to 25, I was like, dang, I, was at, I think it was Kansas. You know, he, his 25th yep. Yep. Uh, hit was a home run against Kansas. And I was like, dang, this boy, is, he's rolling. He's rolling <laughs> in my mind. I'm saying, how long is this going to go? You know, and then, you know, we got to Stanford and, um, you know, they, they, he got catches interference. They walked him, intentionally walked him. And he, well, you know, I always used, I, I used to, I would tell him, dude, get a hit your first at bat, though. I really used to tell him <laughs> because the rest of the game, the rest of the game, then you can kind of relax more 
and then you can, you know, just play your own your game. But so he waited, and, you know, he didn't get a hit his first couple of bats, and he had that catcher's interference, and then, um, then they intentionally walked him, and then you know they, the hit streak ended. But you know that was a made, that was a great accomplishment for him. You know, at least one thing, and he doesn't really even care about it, but um, but he will be in the record books in the Big Twelve. You know, and be in the Big Twelve for forever because yep. you know what is hitting streak so i'm just proud of him for that no Absolutely. doubt about we it man. we are very <laughs> proud about it because I, I, I was in here hyped every single day because mm-hmm. it is really a a good thing to watch uh a young man grow and obviously being around the program for as long as we have it, it is it is really refreshing to watch the way he went out there and did his business man we're very happy for him we're happy for your family and we all want to say congratulations and wish you, you got a lot of dodger fans in here now let's just say that oh, good good you know it's, it's hard around here you know in houston Living in Houston with all the Astros fans, but you know the the people that support us and support Dylan, or you know they 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 are uh, on on a, a Dodger side only when they you know when they're not playing the Astros. So yeah. you, know, you got to look at it that way, which is which is great, man. I, I just appreciate all the love, and you know especially from uh, you had mentioned before the uh, all the Occupy left field people and. All of those folks, man, those are the good people. Those people, man, uh, I'll always have a connection with those folks. And uh, they, they were great to me and my sister and my family. And mm. It was just good to uh, to be part of, uh, you know, that, that whole environment, man. You know, every game, you know, we were out there in left field having a good time. And those are some good people. And Mr. Wilson, yeah, Scott Wilson. Yep. You know, that that's my – that's my that's my dog right there. For sure. <laughs> I know you told. I saw you told him to make sure he saved that seat for you because you're gonna still be around huh. and coming to all these games. So. Oh, I'm, absolutely! Don't give up my seat, and I'll be sitting behind him. You know, watching the all the new guys, and uh, I even talked to Coach Pierce. Uh, you know, a few times over the last couple of weeks, man, and just told him, man, I, I am you know just thankful for him, and he took a chance on my son, gave him an opportunity, and started to play him, and. Um, you know how he helped them develop to where he is today. You know, which is which is amazing. I, I'm just thankful for that for sure. No doubt about it, man. DC, thank you yeah. so much, and plenty of blessings to you and your family. And we're gonna stay in touch. You already know that, but thank you for joining us today and tell us telling us about the path. Man, thank y'all so much for having me. You guys have a blessed afternoon and. Uh, Talk to you guys soon. All right, bro. Thank you. There he is. There he is. Donovan Campbell, proud father right there. Uh, Yeah, you can almost hear the pride that he's got. Well, because he he described, like, the adversity that the young man faced and all the obstacles he had to overcome, and then to watch him still, in spite of all the obstacles and everything, be able to to continue, keep his focus, keep his confidence, and just grind his way. To accomplishing his dreams, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, that didn't make anybody proud. No I, doubt. I think a lot, a lot of Longhorn fans are proud of him. Definitely too. a lot. Of um, all right, we went over are. there, but it was well worth it. That was good stuff. We'll come back, but we'll get back on track. All that and more right here, Ball Don't Line, one hundred and the Horn. DD Mega Doodoo. I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a brain man comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks.
All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Went a little bit late, but it was well worth it because uh, Donovan Campbell was fantastic. We want to thank him again for his time, uh, dropping some uh, nuggets and some of the uh, great stories about his son, Dylan Campbell, who just signed his deal with the L.A. Dodgers. And thanks to Harsh, once again, for opening up the contact list, for sure. bring us a great guest for Harsh Knock Life. All right, we'll come right back because we're way over. We'll come right back and get into the big stories today, including... Oh, Colorado may be looking to join the Big 12. We'll talk about that and news notes and nuggets from NFL training camps right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 Horn.